Attention human, prepare yourself for the double pick cast. Hey, welcome back to the Double Pipcast, where almost every week we catch you up on the goings-on within the world of the Transformers trading card game. This week, we are going to be talking about uh, Scott Van Essen's article, When Bad is Good, and these mystery posts they've been posting, the Transformers trading card game have been posting these Cybertronian letters uh, that have been hinting at what's probably a new product coming out here before the end of the year. Uh, I've got... uh, Sean with me, I've got Brandon with me, and then you've got me, Cam. Uh, rolling right into it, a little bit of housekeeping here. We've got War for Cybertron Siege 2 coming out in less than a week. It's this upcoming November 8th, War for Cybertron Siege 2, the fourth wave of the Transformers trading card game, will be out. So hopefully you are all going out to your local gaming stores and playing in the launch day event and getting your copy of Nightbird the promotional mercenary card. Energon Invitational at PAX Unplugged, 12.6 through 12.8. So that's coming up as well, about a month out from that. So we'll be uh, rooting for the home team uh, from far away. And Sean and Brandon, thank you very much for joining. So this article, When Bad is Good, really talks about cards that are from the outset they're strong for either their their action text their their upgrade text or they are a double pip card uh, but they also talk about cards that are answer cards so cards that aren't necessarily strong until uh, something becomes popular in the meta and then people start to use that other card in order to stave off the strength of you know what has shown up um, I know you guys have a lot of experience in other card games. What are your thoughts on, on cards that are basically unplayable uh, and, and what you do with some of those cards? Uh, <clears throat> all right. I guess I'll kick it off, right? So unplay- cards and development of cards in a TCG, is, especially with when you're referring to these cards as quote-unquote unplayable, um, they have to take that into account when they're building the cards because they're not just building for constructed formats, especially in games where you have randomized booster packs and you have a limited format, right? So there are cards that they have to think about when they're building for you know booster drafts or sealed event tournaments, and they're putting those in there. And then you know those may be worthless in you know, a constructed format. However, maybe a bomb pull, you know, that's a pack one, pick one in in any type of limited format. That being said, I haven't read the article yet, which I will take the time to do that. However, in most games, there's also a a, um, a financial um, kind of um, motivation because when your card designers know what's going to be, you know, the the i forget what they well they call it the nut draw but it's the the most valuable cards in the deck even when they when they start to put the cards out that's why there are cards that are quote unquote ultra rares versus you know regulars or uh, you know that even even in the rarities themselves there are more short print cards that they know are going to be popular that they already know hey this card is very strong We're going to make this rare, you know, rare one or rare two and run it at, you know, 10% of a regular rare print run, that type of thing. So 
I think that that's just three elements, right? There's the design for when you're playing for sealed, uh, limited formats. You have to design those cards. And a lot of times those are going to be worthless in uh, constructed formats. But they'll be, you know, good for draft, which honestly keeps the game flowing because that produces more people buying booster packs. You have the... the financial incentive to make powerful cards and being able to identify them so that you can have that uh, that thing that moves booster packs and everybody draws for. And the last thing that you had talked about was the the answer cards, right? These are your sideboard cards. So typically, you know, you will have to have something because if there's a degenerate combo or if there's a degenerate tactic that goes up and down the format there needs to be a card in place that uh, can help some other strategies coexist with that. And that's going to be worthless cards except for your sideboard. So that's my two cents. Yeah, I'd say jumping in on that too, you also got to think of time constraints. You know, if you're going three to four months in between sets, you know, someday you're going to be like, okay, we got to start printing in two weeks. So we got to come up with, Ten cards in two days, you know, and that's where you're going to find a lot of those like, okay, let's just give like zap a a plus one damage. You know, it's something that's not used, you know, very often, but in like a sealed format, it's good. But in a constructed, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to see it all that much. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I I hadn't thought about the the point you made, Brandon, about the monetary like. Uh, what cards they they've identified prior to even printing these things which cards are going to be strong and at what rate they would want to print them so if that's something that that comes uh, comes into play definitely i can see that and then yeah so sealed there are cards right that you would not when you have the choice of what you're playing you wouldn't want to throw them in a deck so i can see that too uh zap being one of them for sure uh if you're going to be playing one action, is it really worth it for one damage? Mm-hmm. There's better cards out there, right? Okay. Um, and then, you know, Scott uh, also wrote that they push iconic, beloved, and important characters. And I know, uh, Sean, you and I have have talked about Optimus and how many times Optimus has been printed and uh, how he's necessarily pretty strong. And... Uh, he he alludes to making the good thing fun and the fun thing good. So there may be a part of the Transformers trading card game that is necessary. So you need to KO the bots. So that that portion of the game needs to be fun. So other portions of the game that people like to do may not be the most fun, but it's something that it, it, they found their niche. So like uh, card draw decks or card you know disruption decks and things like that. That may not be the most fun thing, so that may not be the part during design that they focus on the most. But I thought it was interesting. A lot of times uh, you don't hear companies come out and say, oh, yeah, the characters that are most loved and iconic, they're going to get printed the most, and they're, they may be the strongest or have we, we give special care to those characters. Um, uh, in I play League of Legends, and there's there's the same thing there. There's like 10 characters, 10 to 15 characters that are in the spotlight all the time. And then there are 50 to 60 other ones that they never talk about. So what are your thoughts on pushing iconic and beloved important characters as opposed to uh, niche characters? 
Uh, well, I mean, uh, going back to like the games I used to play back in the days, like Babylon Five, you pretty much knew every set. There's going to be a new Delenn, a new a new Londo, a new Jakar, a new, you know. But that that was all also based off of like the progression of the game or, or the show. I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, I you know, I I I know from a marketing standpoint. There's there's always going to be a Megatron. There's always going to be a Starscream. There's always going to be an Optus. There's always going to be a Bumblebee every set, no matter what. I was surprised and, they didn't have Bumblebee in Wave Three. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I that is true. But you know, uh, yeah, I don't think there's one in Wave Four, is there? Not that we've seen yet. Uh, yeah, not that uh. we've seen. Yeah, so okay, well, maybe not a Bumblebee. <laughs> that's yeah, I forgot about that, but. uh but yeah, I mean, you'll you'll always see a Megatron, and you'll always see an Optus, and they'll usually be the strongest, you know, guys of that. So that that'll always usually mean that they're always going to be in the meta some or at some point, just because of how strong they are. You know, I I would rather see more obscure guys, or you know, occasionally, you know, like maybe give Cliff Jumper a, a badass ability or something, and make him part of a you know a, a set or something, mm-hmm. and but or you know is what I'd like to see is if you're gonna make you know keep doing these, let's make it in different form. Like I'd love to see a Beast Wars set, so we could have you know maybe some new Optimus, but you know it's you know Optimus, Optimus Primal, Primal, you oh, know yeah. not you know i'd love i'd love to see that that that's the set i'm waiting for by the way so (laughs) yeah yeah and i hope they use the just the old renders from the the 90s show just i i (laughs) i I would like it you know the inner me the little kid in me would be like yeah that's cool but also the adult me would be like uh i don't know man we got some cool art (laughs) it is it is it is 90s you know you know, super FX on VGFX, you know, right. Pentium one processors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the last point I want to make on this article is card seeding. So obviously they know they have some idea of what they, what they may be printing in the next set, uh, ideas that they're holding over, um, things they specifically want to do. So, they may have seeded a card like, let's say, Cybertronian Bow, which is, to me, a really weird card. Uh, or what's the what's the opposite of Cybertronian Bow? They've got another um, one. There's Thermal Weaponry that's like, but it's, you know, you just get attack based off of your blue. Yeah, the Pierce off blue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so they they seed these cards, and then who's to say? Okay, so nobody runs Cybertronian Bow, but maybe there's a card, a character that's coming out in Wave Five that plays off of that. So they seed these cards, and uh, almost like hooks that they can pick back up on. Um, and and then they also talk about base power versus combos. Uh, so you can have a card like Primary Laser, which is just a straight plus two attack. Uh, or you can go with something that may not have base attack, but it, it plays in better in a combo. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts on, on seeding cards for future sets? Hmm. So <clears throat> that that's a good thing, right? It lets us know that they are planning 
ahead. They're thinking ahead, and it's not just you know all random, <laughs> not random, but um, self-contained. So sometimes they do, and I think they do it in this game too. But uh, sometimes they'll have you know very sets. They'll have the releases, just like we've had. What is that? Seeds for Cybertron one or two. They'll have mm-hmm. blocks, uh, for lack of a better term. I think they're called blocks, but I'm not sure if. They call them blocks in this game, but they'll have a theme amongst that block. So you'll see that more often than games that operate in that way. So you'll have, let's say, three expansions in a block, and then you'll have cards that you know may have some type of trigger or effect that may not be relevant right now, but when the third block comes out, the designers have already planned, oh, this is going to work with this, or, you know, this is going to do something else. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it makes, it lets players know that, hey, the designers have a a plan going forward, and that they are, they're thinking about, you know, how things interact with each other. Yeah. Do you think that they take into account characters that characters and combos that already exist in the game and and say oh man there's no way we can print this because that would make this character like over overly viable or this character would be broken they have to or else because i think the last time in one of our previous conversations we talked about banning cards right and if you Mm -hmm. don't do that if you are not unfortunately if you are not cognizant of the cards and the effect that they're going to have then you're just going to end up in a situation where, oops, I have now done an oopsie, and now I have to you know, adjust it with the ban list, right? So mm-hmm. now I'm going to be ban heavy because I didn't think about the interactions of certain cards. That's going to happen no matter what, and sometimes I think they even want that to happen, but um, you know, they have to take that into account when you're designing these games. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd also say like... Uh for like seeding or whatever i mean just kind of look at uh at siege one and siege two you know you had shockwave and um who trigger or not trigger happy but uh, yeah trigger happy who was uh or no it was skywarp with secret actions or wasn't that yeah. many secret actions in siege two and siege one that was one of my biggest complaints like god oh, there's not that many and then look at siege two and you know there's a whole bunch of cool new secret actions and you know, their star card secret actions. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool now. So it kind of makes them a little bit more viable because there's more secret actions. Plus, I think, uh, well, Laserbeak, uh, one of them allows you to play like a secret action or something. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I, I wonder if they have, like, if they know that there are certain characters. I would imagine they would if they're responsible. Uh, certain characters that are weak, certain characters that are strong, and they know that this card that's coming out in this set, uh, we would expect, um, I bring them up all the time, but promo Omega Supreme. This card, if people are looking at it, now Omega Supreme can be played if they run this this specific card um, or if they're if that's something that comes up. Oh, uh, yeah. They, you know, I'm sure they're, you know, probably thinking about that. Also, just thinking about past cards, like you're thinking of Cybertranian Bow. Maybe it's not something they thought about. It'll be, you know, relevant. 
and a few sets maybe they're a card design you know for a new set and they're like hey let's uh let's try to make this card a little bit more relevant now or something and see maybe make a character or a card that kind of plays off that make a combo or something yeah you know i'm I'm sure there's also kind of you know things like that that's not just seeding but kind of guys you know just looking back and that's also good because they're at least looking at the old cards thinking of you know combos to work with those to keep those cards relevant and if they ever do any kind of um you know uh set rotation and stuff and they make like a new core set or something then you know some of those more obscure cards are you know it's a little bit more valid to reprint them now because hey we got a new combo for those so we got to reprint those right yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So, so uh, yeah, if you haven't read the article yet, for those listening, definitely take a look. Uh, Scott and Ken write articles, uh, I think, basically every week uh, alongside the rules roundups. And they're always either talking about uh, why or how they design, uh, addressing community, not concerns necessarily, but if they notice a theme in the community conversation, they will take... Uh, inspiration and, and write an article based on that and then um yeah just definitely go listen or uh, read those uh, definitely good reads uh jumping into the i guess viral marketing campaign on social media um that uh, was getting a little bit long in the tooth for me uh, especially <laughs> since it wasn't in english and i don't have a cybertronian like dictionary <laughs> a translation dictionary to look at it so i was waiting for other community members to go through and, and match the letters up but it looks like uh, this is some sort of either promotional or uh, a retail product that's going to be coming out sometime in the future uh the the letters once translated and unscrambled uh one of the permutations is energon edition sounds like a product name to me uh, and accompanying each one of the glyphs that were dropped on social media every day you had background images of optimus prime uh nemesis the pictures were in black and white so i don't know if you could really tell if it was nemesis because uh, to me they they look the same but uh nemesis prime uh bumblebee megatron there was uh, a tank on there megatron was on there uh, slipstream and then finally cliff jumper uh, some people were thinking that bumblebee was cliff jumper but uh, cliff jumper kind of has like a his head the flanks of his head kind of meet his shoulders a little bit more than bumblebee in uh, newer iterations so it to me it seems like what video games and some uh, card games do where the greatest of the year characters or the the characters that stood out in play or the rarest cards they bring them together in some sort of commemorative set um so john shork the community manager uh said that it is not going to be exclusive to any sort of event so uh, it's not going to be exclusive to packs unplugged and that it will be widely available outside the u.s we do have no name confirmation or price or anything like that or actually what's in it but, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on on this uh, Energon edition? What do you think it could be? This is going to be... <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, man. This uh, looks like something that's 
probably, I would assume, designed to separate me from my hard-earned money out of my wallet. And, of course, I would need to know a little bit more about it before I'm coughing up. Because right now, I'm like, okay, what is it that this Cybertronian edition right would motivate me? And I'm thinking the only things right now that would motivate me are, you know more date announcements for pro tours, more organized play support, or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, uh, and then of course, mechanically unique cards and where I would get them. Right. So those are, those would be the top three things on my list. I'm with you on that, that whole thing about the, um, the, I guess the letters and all that stuff kind of just popping out and being like long. Like I saw them and I, I assume that I'm the target audience or at least, you know, a portion, a scatter shot on the target audience. And I was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, what, what is this? This is, I'm supposed to figure something out. I don't know. Let me click onto the next thing. <laughs> tell me when I, tell me when you want your money, where, where, where do you want me to spend my money? <laughs> you tell me that and then I'll decide whether or not I'm going to give you some of my money, but right. I don't know what you're asking me for right now. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a boomer. I don't need all that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, just I would, give you the link to buy it. Yes. Yeah. I, I would probably, I mean, if I were just to guess out of the air, I'm sure it's probably a, special re-gold holographic foil set reprinting of the SDCC cards mm-hmm. along with the super rares and popular rares of the like characters from set one. And I would probably guess soon after that, just throwing it out there, it's a prelude to them announcing some kind of set rotation. Or at least, or at least they're saying we're no longer printing wave one. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And then, and then that will force people like, oh, you're no longer printing wave one. I need my Nemesis and Bubble Bee. I need my Battlefield Legend. Right. You know? It really yeah. depends on their their vision. I don't know what the vision is for the game, right? But if they want to do follow the hey we're going to try and increase the value so that people will start collecting these things okay yeah then you can stop printing you know stop making all the reprints stop doing all that stuff uh, announce set rotations all that jazz and see if it works out but if you're going to give me reprints and the game's only been out a year or you're going to give me you know special editions that are and this is with a grain of salt because I am not that player who needs shiny gold cards. Like when Magic first released foil cards, I was like, <laughs> wow, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, you mean you're going to give me more money for this card? Okay, I'll take two of those other ones. They play the same, right? <laughs> like I, I take them to the, I don't get an extra turn or mana because this card is shiny. No? Okay. Then give me whatever the bare minimum <laughs> is that I need to play, you know? So I'm, I hope. For me personally, and and there are there are definitely all types of players. Some players love that stuff. They'll go wild over it. They'll, you know, chrome out everything they have. And, you know, if that's the audience, if that audience is there, I hope them I hope for the best for them. But for me, don't don't bring none of that garbage to me. I don't want I don't want to see it. You're not gonna get any of my money if you're just printing old cards that are shinier. You get none of my money. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, so I don't own the San Diego Comic-Con cards, Cliff Jumper and Slipstream. I don't own uh, Wave 1 Megatron or the two Super Rares Nemesis and Bumblebee. So if those are in there, um, 
depending on the price of this thing, it could be better for me. And if they're reprints, I mean, a lot of speculation here. But right. if that was the case where they're, they're reprints, uh, they all come in one box. I don't have to pay $30 for Bumblebee, 40 50 bucks for Nemesis, uh, 10 15 bucks for Megatron, $300 for Jumper <laughs> and Slipstream. Uh, See, I... Yeah, I, that's why I, I that's why I think it's probably a reprint, and they and just to totally not piss people off, they gotta say we can't just reprint the SDCC cards. We gotta throw some other cards in there, and you know, and granted, I mean, look at the old, you know, rare mixes from Wave One. You you were lucky if you got two rares in a box. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was a very bad pull rate. I mean, yeah. it was almost to the point where the super rares were ultra rare. The rares oh, yeah. were super rare. Uncommons were rare. It was, uh, <laughs> and then if you pulled the double, it was the worst feeling if you pulled the double. Like people were pulling cups. Like if I bought 10 packs, just, you know, stopping at home from work or something, and I just grabbed a handful of packs and I got doubles, I was so <sighs> bummed, dude. Because it's like, it, it's, you only get one guy per pack. It's not like Pokemon where you get, like, seven Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's one guy. So you get a double guy, and you're like, okay. And you can't play two of them in a deck, so. Yeah, and that's, so, why, <laughs> that's why, like, getting super rares from Wave 1 means a lot more than the other ones. Right. Just because, just because like, you know, I got my Bumblebee. I bought three packs from Summit. After playing one day, and bam, I got a Bumblebee and two piece through tyrannies. Oof. So I was like, okay, that's you know, that's a god little three packs right there. Right. And when I got, we were at uh, I think Evolution that one day, and I oh, had yeah. just I just pulled Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend out of that box, and you're like, yeah, can you open up a new box? Because yeah, I don't yeah. want to buy from that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll I'll buy some packs, but it's got to be from a new box, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just saw fifty percent of the, and there was like four packs left. I was like, nah, yeah, nah, no, that's not gonna happen. I'll buy yeah. six packs. I just want them fresh. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's always tough too. I've had, I've I've done that, right? I've been the on the opposite side of that. I'm selling some packs. Oh, here's your, you know, ultra rare, mythic rare, whatever it is, and then people get salty. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Mm-mm. and I, what I end up doing is usually I'll just uh, crack a new box and then mix up all the packs, call it a oh, day. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, so or you know. I've also done it as price support where, you know, I'll just shift it to, you know, the, the price support for the tournaments or whatever. But yeah, otherwise you, you just can't get rid of that. Right. You can't, you know, <laughs> yeah, no one's the old dusty packs. Yeah, exactly. You like you like right on the box as it's, it's like the rare has already been sold out of this box. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Of course. Of course, I have seen the opposite where, like, you know, we've done, like, uh, like sealed or booster drafts back in the day of Magic. Yep. And, and, yeah. and, like, you know, there's, like, five packs left in, you know, one box. And after everyone, no one's got, you know, got anything good. So you buy those five packs. And it's like, oh, yeah. Just the got, treasure trove. Yeah, I just yep. got two jester caps and an icy fools. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a i know they've they've done it before but i mean magic is made by or uh, transformers made by the same folks that do magic there's a three-pack car uh booster set that magic does every once in a while that puts together the strongest cards what is that i don't know the name offhand 
but it's like nineteen ninety nine or twenty bucks usually. It's like three boosters. You're talking about the the uh, draft kit that they started putting out. That is, I thought it was like twelve something, yeah, but it could be something. You could be talking about something different, though. Yeah, that could be. But yeah, I, I remember looking through some magic cards, and a buddy of mine was like, "Oh yeah, this one has." Like card, they just took cards from a bunch of different sets, like the the must play cards, and oh, that's there, why there was, was like like the first set of those was Chronicles, I think that it had like cards from like the Dark and Legends, um, and stuff like they, and then like every few years they kind of made a newer kind of set like that that included some cards from like every expansion that wasn't from the core set or something. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember the names of them, but uh, of course I haven't played Magic in 20 years, so yeah, yeah I'd have to look into it because it sounds like what you're talking about is a little bit different from that. You're talking about ex- um, them having packs or specific sets that have powerful cards in them that are either fixed or known, right? That's what yeah, it's about. it's you know that it's going to be like if there's 30 cards in it, right? There's been 30 individual cards that have been picked from different sets. Yes. That if you, oh, if yeah, you bought yeah, a few of them, then you you would have the whole set. There's there are some that are variants. like, yeah, there are some that like come in like uh, starter sets too. That they'll have like some like tournament decks and stuff like that too. Yeah. So, so what they'll have is uh, they'll have something. They have something called Championship Edition. They used to have those. I don't know if they're doing them anymore. I don't think they are, but. They used to have championship editions, which was gold-bordered cards, but they would be the exact same except for gold-bordered, and they would be decks that champions had won with, like guys who had gone to you know finish yeah. the approach and they had won. They used to do that. Those cards are stupid expensive too, which is ridiculous because they're not even like tournament playable, but they're still ridiculously expensive. I don't yeah. know if Magic does that anymore. I, I haven't played in a while. It's been it's been a year or two since I've uh, picked up the old modern deck. So yeah, I think couple- that they don't do that as much. So we've had two two starter decks that have come out, and then we've had what two theme decks. Uh, if you want to call it that, Devastator and Metroplex. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Wave 2 starter with Windblade, Bumblebee, Starscream, Megatron, and then the Wave 1 starter pack, which was like the first uh, product to come out. But they haven't done, to your point, Brandon, uh, Pokemon has done tournament decks where such-and-so won with this one, so here it is in a tin. It's called the, the World Championship deck. It's mm-hmm. 20 bucks, and you get everything that he ran that he won with. Right. So I think that would be really cool to get like Stefan's uh, Shockwave deck and maybe, I mean, but then at that point, do you cheapen? You can just buy a super rare. Ooh, that yeah, would that, be right. fire. That's what we were talking about with what is the direction that the game wants to go? Because now, they should do that, right? To keep the game accessible. Yeah. Right. I could see that not maybe not with some modern. I mean, you don't want to be like, oh yeah, here's the you know super rare from the latest set, so you don't really need to keep buying packs for trying right. to find that card, you know. But I can definitely see it for older sets, you know. Some you know reprinting, you know, if if like Stefan or not Stefan, but like a Cliff Jumper deck or something, the one that won Gen Con or whatever was reprinted, that'd be okay because most of those cards are you know, probably uh, wave one and wave two cards. You know, I, I, I would see, I, 
I give a little bit more forgiveness for that, but I wouldn't like to see, you know, because again, that would also, you know, cheapen, you know, people trying to trade or, you know, sell super rares that they pulled, you know? Right. So I go, well, yeah, I ain't, I ain't getting $70 for Shockwave anymore, getting trade. It's, you know, 50 when you can buy it for $25, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, Cam, what do you think? Should Hasbro uh, just sell playsets like they do on, let's say, eBay or something like that? What do you think? Well, if if well, so you see a bunch of people on, I think it's the buy, sell, trade group on Facebook. Right. And they, they're already saying, and I'm assuming what they're doing is they're just, they know they're buying two cases. Yep. And they assume that they're going to get X amount of playsets. Uh, or just, so, and then buy the rest of the cards if they don't make it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So if, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they, I'm assuming somebody has crunched the numbers and said, hey, if we did it this way, we're going to make more money or we're going to make less money. If If they've crunched the numbers and they've said, hey, we will make less money because people will buy them for the thrill of buying them or they want doubles and triples of a card or it's just healthier that could be a part of it too is game health and not being like you know the ea sports of uh, i don't know they're not even called ea sports electronic (laughs) electronic cards yeah the activision of tabletop gaming they could you know maybe they're smart and they are like yeah we're not gonna do that and like basically like hey if you want it and you're real serious about it buy the whole set for you know the price of two boxes or whatever well well less than that because like i sold like two rare uncommon common play sets of siege two or siege one for a hundred dollars each so that you know that's just a little bit more than a booster box so i mean they and that's with character cards yeah, that's rare, common, uncommon, just no super rares. Three of every battle card, one of every bot, one of every micro battle master, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just the only thing missing was the four super rares. And, Which you know, so that's 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 a little bit more than a booster box. You would then be basically limiting your, you know, it, it took me a lot more of boosters than a booster box to acquire all that. Right. You know, now... You know, basically, then you'd be saying if they did that, it'd be like, okay, well, we're now limiting ourselves to about on, you know, how much will people pay, right? You know, for for a whole set. Then then you just got the little living card games that they sell in box sets. You might as well yeah. just go that route. You know, just say here's fifty bucks in each set. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. point that. That was where I was gonna go next. It becomes a living card game. Yeah, 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 and I think. So there's, we could keep going here. It's like, so let's say, you know, I always like to use video game analogies, but uh, Smash Brothers, you have to unlock all the characters in Smash Brothers. So if you're going to a tournament, and let's say there's DLC characters, if you're going to a tournament, somebody has had to spend all the time unlocking those characters, and they have also had to pay for the DLC. So I could see something like a play set, uh, a full play set being sold to somebody who plays competitively they may not want to buy a bunch of packs because that's not what they're into it for but that's price place, support. yeah you could you could place a premium on and, and charge enough to where you're getting 
you're getting what you need to out of this person as a customer. And they just want one of everything or three of everything and one of each guy. And I could see that for somebody who's competitive and they don't want to waste time on variants. And they're like, yeah, I'll give you 500 bucks and have everything. Based on the economics. I mean, if they can say, okay, what's, you know, what's the price of a case retail about, you know, $320 saying, okay, give us 300 bucks and you get a play set and we'll even give you a cool little siege two box to put it in. Right. You know, that way you can have all your siege two cards in that little box. And, you know, so I, so, I, I could see that. I could see that, but it would depend on how, you know, what it's priced. You couldn't go too much, but you also couldn't go too less. Otherwise then everyone will just buy that and then cut out your booster box market. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have to be something like if you have if you're somebody who's gone to a tournament or something like that, then then you could buy it. You could you'd be limited to one or something like that. So it doesn't it wouldn't be available to I don't think you would make it available to the general public because then you're fractioning how people are engaging with your yeah. product. Yeah, I think it, you got to have something like that as a price support because you're talking about letting them buy that first of all gamers are terrible right so they'll basically try and flip that on the open market but right it's to say it would be better received i think in the community as price support like hey you're going to a tournament and you're competing at a high level okay here is your price support it's a play set of everything and they're all gold trimmed like the promos (laughs) and they're all gold trimmed right there you go so That'd be dope. I, I wouldn't even, or, you know, or something like not even, you know, like prize support or something that, you know, if you participate in this, tur- only people who participate in this tournament, you know, has the ability to buy it, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, I, I, you know, that way you're pretty much ensuring, you know, you're, you're getting all the, com- you, everyone who's going to buy that is competitive people. They're at big tournaments, you know, maybe it's a new play set of the new set that's got, you know, special, gold you know border something for that way everyone knows you're you know you're awesome you know <laughs> i i could definitely see that and i could see magic people eating it up and i could probably see transform you know some transformers high level guys who have the money would probably eat that up too i mean if yeah. i had the money and i was like oh, i'm at this tournament and that's 300 bucks for the new set that comes out in a week uh I'll go ahead and do that. Probably nice. don't spend that much, you know, that and it's it's a limited number. So it's not like it's going to be a limited, you know, a whole release. So, yeah, if they made them like limited print runs or something and had a special way of distributing them or something, I wouldn't have any problems with it or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't even have any problems with it. They said, oh, it's like $500. You can do it. Yeah. You could probably, again, buy you know, a case of four booster boxes and probably get everything you need and enough to trade for what, you know, the super rares you didn't get. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like opening the package (laughs) and and having the surprise. I know I'm going to be surprised when they announce what this mystery product is. If it comes with Cliffjumper, Slipstream, Optimus, uh, Battlefield Legend, Megatron, Living Weapon, Nemesis Prime, and Super Rare Bumblebee, how much do you think this would cost, Sean? Now, well, it depends if they limit it or not, like mm-hmm. limited in printing at all. You know, mm-hmm. if they're not making exclusive, you know, they can still make a limited printing of it. But I, I don't know. I mean, you again, you would have to look at the market. Yeah, you'd have to be looking. I'd, I'd probably say it's going to be, oh man, 
at least a hundred, yeah, hundred some bucks. I mean, it, it's going to be triple digits at least because they can't, they don't want to just totally destroy their secondary market. Yeah, you know, because even Watsy is aware of their secondary market. You know, they know, you know, when to reprint, when to not reprint. You know, when to keep those prices up and down. So I, you know. If if they do price it, it'll still be priced probably pretty high. But I don't think it'll also be character cards. I think they'll probably have some reprinted battle cards in there too. If yeah, they have, so it like could a, be a booster. It could yeah. be a booster. It's not necessarily yeah. uh, a box. I so. mean, they could have a you know all those character cards, and then they could say, oh well, here's a play set of all out attacks and a play set, or at least one of each, you know, of those battle cards, and you know probably say, on here's, you know a security checkpoint and a piece through tyranny, you know, oh, that'd be awesome. Foil or something, you know, cause those are again, some of the harder, you know, more popular rares from the first set. Yes, 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 yes. So I, I know we will talk about this next week. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to announce uh, tomorrow or sometime soon what this mystery product is. We'll talk about it next week and share whether or not we have bought one. Thank you guys for listening. Brandon, Sean, thank you all for joining, and we will talk to you next week.